Bible studies show. Whoa! What up is Ruth? And she fell on her face. Oh no! <laughs> okay, so she and Ruth are kicking it in Bethlehem to come unto a people. Oh my which god! Without the Lord. So she's like, "Don't text him. Wash thyself, therefore." And anoint thee. I'm surprised. Because it's weird. Good thing I have the whole Bible memorized. Let's go. <laughs> Let's. You would be a great coach. Let's rip it. Wait, let me see. Is this. Ooh. Let's just. Some twist top vino. <laughs> Ready to be drinking. Um, I made <laughs> what I called it. I was thinking about, I was like, I have to tell Lily about this. And in my brain, I noticed I said, disaster flan. <laughs> Disaster flan. Disastrous flan. Did you have a disastrous flan happen? It's not actually disastrous, but I am extremely perplexed by like how exactly to caramelize sugar and not have part of it burn and part of it be underdone. Um, And also I had to like turn the heat up and it was just, it's, it's a little funky, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's still flying. Well, I'm just drinking the Dirty Mayor. Gross. <laughs> oh, much better. <laughs> uh, their beer, their their ciders are so good. So mm-hmm. good. Hello, and welcome to Bibleish, the podcast where we tell Bible stories. I'm Lily. I am Angela. And neither of us are religious experts, but we aren't here to tell you a moral. We're here to tell you a story. At Bibleish, we're serving up equal parts epic tale, summary. Oh, I almost didn't oh, that say was it. The one. <laughs> summary and drunk literary analysis. We are definitely not here to preach, so get ready to hear these stories in a brand new way. Also, we don't do these stories in order, but if you'd like to access a sequential list of episodes, and for now, a complete list of episodes, Woo! join our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Our patrons are the incredible people who help keep the show going, so we are so thankful to everyone who supports us every month, and you can join us at patreon.com slash Podcast. And this week is... We're, We're continuing, continuing the Alicia, where we left off for last time. <laughs> oh, that's hard with the delay. <laughs> Do you even remember? Do you even remember, Lily? Mm, I do, because I you had do. to make <laughs> but, but wait. you said you had something to tell me. I do have something to tell you. Lily, we have a new patron to announce. Oh, really? We really do. I'm very excited. Um, And as you may or may not know, uh, for our listeners, uh, one of the perks of joining our patronage is uh, a shout out on the show. One, because it's fun. And two, genuinely super grateful. So thank you so much to Karina for joining us. We are super excited to have you. And all of our patrons, and welcome to the Bibleish chaos that is our <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Karina. So, before we begin this story, I have a question for you, Angela. Uh oh. She has a question. I'm ready. So, you are just. In the woods. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) You won't find me there. Not a yes or no question. Oh. (laughs) 
immediately no. (laughs) (laughs) There is no civilization around you or that you can get to. You have nothing. (laughs) How did I get here? (laughs) What's my backstory? What is my moment before? This is awful. (laughs) (laughs) That's just where you've spawned. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Respawn. Middle of the woods. Nothing around. Do you know what to eat? Oh, man. I'm probably going to die from eating something I think is okay. Uh, Most likely. So no. So it's, I think it's a no. I think it's a like, I'd be like, oh, maybe some lichen. Like I, I, eh, it's going to be tough. (laughs) If there were plants that I knew about, I don't know that I, like, I, I don't see myself being able to build any tools with which to kill an animal you know, this is a very complicated this is question. More, this is more like a foraging question. Oh, a for yeah, no, definitely. I don't think that that's going to happen for me. I, I'm sure you do, woman of the um, woods. Well, if it's springtime, I might be able to, you know, make it a few days. But then <laughs> once, once those plants are gone, in springtime windows are really short uh i'd be a little bit yeah yeah we should learn about this stuff in case we we respawn in the woods (laughs) and i've been trying to learn more about it recently and it's so intimidating because you think you've learned something and then when you try to learn more about it they're like but watch out for these two other lookalikes that could kill you I feel like it would be extra useful to know about mushrooms because those happen a lot of places I at a lot of mushrooms. times. I know, and that's what sucks. Those for ones you. scare me the most. Really? First of all, I hate them. So that's the, if that's yeah. what I would have to live off of, my quality of life is greatly reduced. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And um, they terrify me. I love them. I love looking at them. Yeah. I love poking them. Um, that's it. You're a, you're a mushroom poker? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Walk around you the forest? I mean... Poking them? <laughs> when you see, like, like the, the tree ears and you, like, brush them. I'm not weird. <laughs> you know when you just walk around petting tree ears, you guys? Like, who doesn't pet moss? Who doesn't see moss and touch it? Come on. Come on, I'm not weird. (laughs) (laughs) Moss petter. (laughs) Why don't you go pet some moss? (laughs) Moss petter. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's, that's really, I have tried, there's like some creators on TikTok, Alexis Nicole, shout out, uh, who are fantastic, like, yeah, there's like I, I feel like I have absorbed a small percentage of knowledge from watching things on TikTok and really mostly just admiring them and realizing how far from nature we have come in so many ways. I learned a lot about old man's beard a few months ago. <laughs> yeah. And she taught me about magnolia blossoms. Mm, yeah. And how they're like little ginger snacks. Yeah, that looks super fun. I would like to eat some of the things that she makes and presents. And I'm not a vegan, but I would I would eat the heck out of anything that she was making from nature. <laughs> <laughs> so should we do this? What are we doing? Are we going to the woods? No, we we are not. Oh, We're in the God. desert. Oh, We're God. usually in the desert. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Thought maybe we had a change of scenery for once. Moss petter. <laughs> anyway. 
We left you at Christmas after the wedding and wine business and returned to you on Easter with Passover. So I feel it is time to return to the story of Alicia. If you have not heard our previous episodes, we invite you to go back to listen and catch up. The episodes you are seeking are (laughs) Elijah and Alicia sitting in a tree, Alicia and the very crucial harp soldier, And Alicia and Darlene in parentheses and Hank. Hank. So all of these, (laughs) Hank. So all of these episodes and stories are from, do you remember, Angela? Kings, I say. You're correct. We're in (laughs) Kings 2, which opens with the death of Elijah. That last episode I mentioned, Alicia and Darlene and Hank, is the story of the Shunammite Son Restored, acted out by Midwesterners from Section 5-8 of Kings 2. So I can only assume that we're at 538, which means I must now tell you about Death in a Pot. (laughs) It felt so much like I shared this story before as I was reading it. Um, But we're going to do a recap anyway, so why not? Because we haven't been in this story for a while. Do you even remember what the last thing that happened was? (sighs) Didn't uh, Alicia be weird with a boy? Yep. Yep. That was a... (laughs) That's a very misleading summary, but not in Got to hook the listeners. Uh, yeah, he was weird with a boy <laughs> and uh, some other stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Elijah is an OG prophet. What do you mean by that, you may be thinking? He's way past the OG period, like Abraham, etc. What I mean is... Elijah was like the original Jesus. He is a Jesus prototype, at least in the miracles he performed. He did everything God asked, even though it took a physical and psychological toll on him. Unlike most of the prophets who came and went and were then entombed, Elijah was sucked into the sky. He ascended via golden chariot. You can even ask Alicia if you don't believe me. He was there. He saw the whole thing. Yep. Alicia is the anointed predecessor of Elijah. That is to say, he wasn't appointed by Elijah, but by God. Elijah did not want to pass his metaphoric crown to him or anyone. Do you remember how guilty he felt telling Alicia he was chosen? Yeah. He was like, I got this gift and I really don't want to re-gift it. (laughs) Yeah. And his feelings had nothing to do with pride or jealousy. Elijah even told Alicia to go back and asked aloud, what have I done to you? He knew he would be passing off an amazingly demanding role, and he did. But Alicia has been turning it up. (laughs) Whatever Elijah can do, Alicia can do better. Elijah cured a boy who was almost dead. Alicia cured one who was dead. Whatever Elijah did, Alicia does twice over. That's his whole theme right now. Elijah plays a large role in the Passover Seder, which was so very close to Easter this year. And both these characters are so similar to Jesus when it comes to their miraculous abilities, like I said before. So death in a pot should, of course, be where we pick the story back up. Alicia has just returned to Gilgal, and he is just in time for a famine. Oh, no. (laughs) He is... (laughs) He is meeting with the company of prophets, which I assume is supposed to be those who are accompanying the prophet. But when I see that, all I can picture is a bunch of men in suits who are in charge of appointments, engagements, assets, social media representation, etc. <laughs> but you know what? 
that's not too far off. No, they weren't in tailored Italian suits, but all those roles did exist to an extent. He obviously didn't have someone in charge of his Twitter account, but he did have a social standing that needed to be monitored and maintained, public speaking engagements and appointments. All I'm saying is I'm constantly checking myself for time period discrimination because we are constantly learning about how wrong we've been about human history. True. Anyway, there is a famine. And the briefing with the company is going poorly because no one has eaten very much in a few days or maybe weeks. He tells his servant, oh, Angela. Yes? We got an unnamed servant on our hands. Oh, no. (laughs) Will you do us the honor? (sighs) Yeah, let me, I have to tap into the well. Jessethy. Do not make me say Jessica. <laughs> Jeff, I can't even say it one time. <laughs> okay. God. Uh, I did such a good job tapping into the well. I have to go back. <laughs> Put the bucket back in. Okay. Dump that one out. Garol. Garol. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, love it. He tells Garol to get a large... (laughs) Garol's middle name is Jephethi, by the way. That's fine. You don't have to say the full name. (laughs) He tells Garol to get a large pot and make a stew. Now, how are you going to make a stew during a famine? Garol panics. They had packed enough to get them to Gilgal with little extra. The night they knew they would arrive the following day, they ate the rest in anticipation. Garrel looked back at his master with all the desperation he could muster, but Alicia would not even pass a glance. He knew that he knew that he knew there was no food. Garrel slowly backed out of the room. He did not know which way he should go as he was not from Gilgal and Alicia gave him exactly nothing to go off of. He ended up choosing a random direction out of town. Maybe he could find something. He looked high and low, but everything seemed picked through. He was able to gather some herbs or what he assumed were herbs. As he was picking at what little there was, he saw a vine stretched across the ground under a bush. Mm-hmm. Squash were clinging to the vine there in the shade of the low-lying branches. He picked as many as he could, filling the folds of his cloak with this mystery plant. Garrel made his way back to, <laughs> to the fire pit He had hung a large pot over as instructed. He filled the pot with water, lit the fire, processed what little he had gathered, and threw it into the boiling water. After a while, an unknown aroma took to the air. The company broke from their meeting to gather around and guess as to what was in the pot. The servant told them all about the vine and the squash. He described what it looked like, but no one had ever heard of such a thing. Once the stew was boiled down, they dished up. After the first bite, they all cried out, Oh, man of God, there's death in the pot. Oh, no. Disaster flan. (laughs) Alicia ran up to the strange brew and looked inside. He rushed over to where they had unloaded the rest of their stores and was able to scrape together a handful of flour. He ran back to the pot and threw the flour in. Now you may serve it to the people, he said. After that, they were able to eat the stew. As you may have noticed from the abrupt ending to this sort of story, I already fleshed out quite a bit for you. (laughs) This is an allegory. Oh, a Gregory. At this period in time, there are balls everywhere. Excuse me. One had just been sitting on the throne. Queen Jezebel. 
Oh, B-A-A-L. Yes. (laughs) What this story is saying is, even if you see something everywhere, that doesn't mean it's acceptable. (gasps) Even if you desire it, you must resist what may harm you. It's a little unfair for God to use this example during a famine because food isn't necessarily a temptation as much as it is a necessity. Yeah. But he's forgotten that before. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks it's pretty annoying that people have needs. (laughs) Poor Elijah. (laughs) Well, you need water. (laughs) Go pet some moss. The flower being thrown in concerned me when I first read it, only because he didn't say the magic words. Now presenting a miracle of God. (laughs) Sunday, 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 meet the death (laughs) Come see God perform a miracle with the grave (laughs) As you and our listeners know, God hates when people forget to do this before and or after miracles. But seeing as how this story is more message than it is event, Alicia's probably safe. Yeah. Flour takes a lot of effort to make. Planting, growing, harvesting, threshing, grinding. It takes a lot of work. And that's what it represents in this story. Putting in the effort. Oh. I know we don't talk about morals in this story, but that story is rather odd without an explanation. (laughs) Even if you, even when you subtract God and religion from the story entirely, it still holds up. We could all benefit from putting in the effort to learn more about our natural world. As one of our favorite TikTokers says, happy snacking, don't die. After some time, the famine ended, and new grain was sprouting in the fields. A man from the palace called Baal Shalisha came to Elisha and presented him with 20 loaves, as well as some of the first fruits, which, as you and I and our listeners know, was most likely meant for some sort of offering. Mm -hmm. The grain, not the loaves. Mm -hmm. Elisha handed the loaves over to Geralt, who can't catch a break, and said, give it to the people to eat. Geralt looked at Alicia for a while, then at the loaves of bread, then back at Alicia. There are a hundred men and twelve loaves, he pleaded. How am I to feed them all with this? God said they will eat and have leftovers, claimed Alicia. Hmm. Garrel walked away begrudgingly, juggling the meager rations in his arms. He presented them before all the people who were there, and they ate. Sure enough, there was some left over. I don't know how much we have to break this also an allegory story down. It's a Hanukkah situation. Yeah. I was like, he's done this trick before, or after, or since. But I like to think it was Elvin Lembus bread. Because it's my head, and I can do what I want in there. <laughs> That's what's a lembus. Lembus bread. Okay, you're saying it like I know. The special elf. <laughs> this I made you watch Lord of the Rings. It's the oh. special magical bread that the elf give to Frodo and Sam, and then Gollum ends up like stealing the bread and throwing yeah. it over the cliff and blaming it on Sam, which makes. Him start to doubt Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You are correct. I thought it was something. They all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was something else you were pulling out of the Lily repository. <laughs> you know, it's Odin's mule. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> it's a wild world in there. So already we are seeing even more similarities to Jesus, who has stories just like this in his books, the loaves and fish and the water and wine, being without something and then having it. This is what I meant when I said Alicia and Elijah are like the prototypes of Jesus. 
Now we're going to get into another similar story. Hmm. There was this man named Naman, Mm -hmm. and he was awesome. Mm. He was the commander of an army for the king of Aram, a valiant soldier, and also hashtag blessed. (laughs) God liked him too, even though he wasn't even Jewish, and would grant him victories in battle. So he was a swell guy. Wow. Just one little thing, though. He had a, a really bad case of the leprosy. Uh oh. No, he's got to go to. Yeah. He's got to go to the colony. But this is a testament to how awesome and essential he must have been, because we learn from Deuteronomy and Leviticus, just like you said, there are rules for people with skin diseases like leprosy, but he was not an Israelite. So those rules maybe don't apply. Mm. And another thing to be aware of is leprosy was a blanket term for an affliction of the skin. So maybe he could have been suffering from something that wasn't contagious. Yeah. He could have just had like cystic acne and people were like, leper. He was like, no guys, I just have a breakout. (laughs) God. They don't have Accutane yet. Calm down. <laughs> We're unsure about it. Go to the hills. <laughs> Go into the mountain. Rude. Go live in a cave and pet some moss. Moss better. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway. A band of men from Aram set out to Israel to go shopping for ladies. And by shopping, I mean they just <laughs> sort of took them. Oh, you mean like, this is like a Joseph in the whole moment. Because when you first said that, I was like, oh, they went to go shopping for the ladies of the town. And nope, they went shopping for ladies. <laughs> they went to the Lady Mart to buy some ladies without money. To steal some which ladies. Which is just stealing. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and... So this band of men stole an Israelite woman and gave her to the wife of Naman as a lady's maid. Despite what you may think, she seemed relatively okay with it. And I know that's a dangerous thing to say because it was kind of a maybe forced servitude situation, I assume. But she at least cared enough about Naman and his wife to say, if only my master would see the prophet, which is in Samaria, mm. he would cure him of his leprosy. And personally, if it was me and I did not like the guy, I would have happily watched him suffer yeah. with delight <laughs> and kept my mouth shut. Yeah. So there must have been some mutual trust and respect there because his wife then ran to Naman and told him, what their servant had said. Nice. Props. Props to the lady. Yeah. 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 Naman, in turn, went to the king of Aram, his master, and asked his permission to go to Israel. Absolutely you should go, was the king's response. I will even send a letter to the king of Israel so he's not, like, weirded out. By the commander of a hostile army visiting his kingdom. (laughs) So Naman set off with his letter from the king, 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing, which is a lot if you're wondering. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like like he really wants this guy to get better. (laughs) Now it's time for our favorite game show here on Bible-ish Podcast. Who's in the hole? The king. (laughs) Stand before the king. What did you say? I said, "Who's in the hole?" (laughs) 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 Stand before the king. Yes, that's what exactly what I said as well. (laughs) So Naman presented himself before the king of Israel, and handed him the letter, which read, Hi, it's the king of Aram. This is my servant, Naman. Great guy. I'm sending him to you so he may be cured of leprosy. 
The king of Israel absolutely lost it. What? He stood up, tore out of his robes. (laughs) People tearing off their clothes is my favorite part of the Bible. I'm so mad. (laughs) (laughs) And he shouted, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why is this dude sending me lepers as if I can cure them? Is he mocking me? All fair points, because Jehoram, the king of Israel, I presume it's him, although he's unnamed in the in this chapter, okay. is the son of Jezebel <gasps> and Ahab. So he is most definitely not anointed and therefore not hashtag blessed, mm. receiving no superpowers. Mm which would allow him to do such a thing. So this is a bit of a dig, unknown to the king of Aram. (laughs) Also, why should he be expected to cure a man who leads aggressive armies? Valid, valid. I feel like I need to do another quick recap here. Elijah lived during Ahab and Jezebel's rule. Jezebel was a diehard baller. As I said before, that is to say she worshipped the nature god Baal. A reason she may have done this outside of her own personal religious preferences is because she wished to maintain power. And the power scale for women is severely decreased when applied to early Judaism. Mm. For some reason, for some reason, Queen Elizabeth I can get away with killing Catholics and still be considered a powerful and effective ruler in the eyes of history, someone who heralded the golden Elizabethan age. But Queen Jezebel is not viewed that way. So that's pretty obnoxious. (laughs) But but this story is written by the people she persecuted. So there is that. Yeah. Like Elizabeth and the Catholics, Jezebel persecuted Jewish priests and prophets. This apparently caused a drought, and Elijah called for the persecution of balls in retaliation. Then there was that whole scene on the high place with the ball pyre versus the Yahweh pyre, and the Jews won, and it rained, and Jezebel got mad and ordered Elijah's death, and he ran away to the middle of nowhere, and you know the rest. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So what I'm trying to put into your head is this. There's still a lot of religious contention going on as well as personal contention. Any king of Israel after the big three, Saul, David, and Solomon, is of course going to feel inferior. Yeah. Those kings had the United States, the gold, the relative peace, the admiration of the people. Everything about them was hashtag blessed. And when you're not, you're not. So my big takeaway is Jezebel's not the whore ruler she's made out to be. Being an unanointed king of Israel is super hard. There's a lot of contention going on right now. And Naman just straight up thought that he had the equivalent of a doctor's note on him. But now this morning (laughs) king is ripping his clothes off right in front of him. I had a whole pass. I got the permission slip side to be here. (laughs) I don't know what you want from me. Literally just trying to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That sucks. The king made such a dang scene that word got back to Alicia. And he, in perfect Alicia form, sent Geral (laughs) to deliver a message to Jehoram. Poor Geral. The supposed king of Israel. I know. (laughs) Geral's like, oh. If you haven't noticed yet... Elijah, Elisha's predecessor, was a very hands-on sort of guy. He always dragged himself here and there to deliver messages and perform tasks. But Elisha can't be bothered, I guess. (laughs) He's like, I really already don't want this job. (laughs) So he sent the king a note that said, dude, it's not you. It's me. Send him to me. And he shall know there is a prophet in Israel. Uh Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. There's something in it for us. Naman traveled from the palace to Elisha's door. 
He stood outside to collect himself before knocking. He was about to meet a holy man. Should he prostrate himself before him? Should he have brought an offering or sacrifice instead of all these treasures? How should he ask this alleged holy man for this impossible favor? Naman's fist trembled as it hovered over the door. Finally, he knocked, and all within heard. Alicia knew who was there. Garel, Alicia said softly. Garel had a moment of internal rage. What? He thought to himself. <laughs> what now? What do you want <laughs> me to do with the leper? <laughs> He silently cursed Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, who had taught the Israelites how to delegate tasks in the first place. Tell him this, continued Elisha. Go to the River Jordan and wash yourself seven times. Then your flesh shall be restored. Garrel walked begrudgingly toward the door, opened it just enough to slip on through, did so, then closed it behind him. Naman looked Garrel up and down. There's no way this man was a prophet. He looked like a servant. Maybe it was an act of humility in this prophet dressed as a servant for his God. That must be it. How quaint. How admirable. <laughs> Garrel picked at the hem of his tattered tunic. Oh, I just sent this script to Angela. She has, we have, this is unrehearsed. <laughs> We're just really naturals is the thing. And I'm Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> you get to be Geralt. Hi. Hello. Naman lowered his head somewhat out of respect, not wanting to offend the servant of the one God. Thanks for coming out. Thank you for meeting me. Yes, I'm meeting you. I mean, here here you are. I've come from Aram to see you. Okay. After a servant of mine recommended I visit. Well. And and I I came to see you about my condition. Garrel had completely forgotten why he was standing there in the first place. In his panic-induced, impromptu charade, he somehow hadn't noticed the bandages that were covering a far worse visage than the one that stood before him. He attempted to write himself, look professional. Surely this Naman must know that he's merely a servant of Alicia, not Alicia himself. And the only reason he's being so respectful is out of desperation. So, uh, you have to go to the River Jordan, Garrel instructed, and bathe there seven times, and then you will be cured. Naman stood there, staring at him in disbelief. Was that all? Why the River Jordan? Abana and Farpar, Farpar, <laughs> were by far superior rivers, Damascus rivers. If it was as simple as that, then why not anywhere? Gerald took this moment of wordless doubt to slowly back away through the door and close it quietly behind him. Okay, bye. <laughs> it was then that Naman realized that Gerald, as Gerald bowed through his silent departure, that he was merely a servant. Alicia had not even come out of the dwelling. Naman had expected to see him. He had envisioned a moment where he was standing before this holy man surrounded by his followers, his witnesses, as he called on his God. He expected to feel it, to be changed by it. He expected everything we've ever hoped faith to feel like. Something that fills and changes us, but that didn't happen. Naman stood there for a moment longer and then stormed off. He would not go to the River Jordan. He would not bathe in it seven times. Although he once had faith in this person, he never met 
it was lost in that moment. That moment of being so close, but not actually getting to see or experience him, not having Alicia's hands on him. If the power was not through Alicia, then who and what was he really? Why had he come all this way? All of this could have been an email. (laughs) Naman's servant was waiting outside for his master's return. He wanted to see if he had truly been cured, but he had not. That man is bogus, Naman scoffed. He told me to go wash myself seven times the River Jordan. Actually, no, he told me nothing. He sent some servant out to deliver the message to me. Couldn't even lie to my face. Master, the servant carefully began. If he had asked you to do some great thing, would you have done that? then why not this simple one? Good question. Good question, my guy. That's what Naman said. (laughs) Bon point. You're right. We might as well go to the river since we came all the way out here. They went to the bank of the River Jordan and Naman dipped himself in seven times. After he emerged the last time, the water dripped from his perfect skin and Naman and his servant left all the wrappings that had been on his body there by the river as they were no longer needed. Nikki! He has clothes. He just no. doesn't need the mummy The mummy. Oh, like the bandages. Okay. Okay. I just thought he was like, well, now I look great. So I will be naked all around. (laughs) Look at this bod. Look at this skin. Look at it. (laughs) Leper. I don't even know her. (laughs) He's full of jokes now. He feels great. Naman is Naman and his attendants returned to the place where Alicia was staying, and Geralt <laughs> came out to greet him. Ah, Geralt. Oh, Geralt. Judging by Naman's face, Geralt was the last person he wanted to see, so he went back inside to get Alicia. Alicia came out to a litany of praise. I know now," said Naman. That there is no God in all the world except the one in Israel. I must present you with a gift for what you have done. Please accept this from your servant. As surely as the Lord lives, who I am servant to, I will not accept a thing from you. Please. No. Then can I have uh, a bunch of dirt? What? Like as much as two mules can carry. I mean, sure. Thank you. I will never again make any sacrifices or offerings to any other god as long as I live. But you must let me be forgiven for the one thing I'll be doing. Mm, What thing do you do? Well, the king I serve has trouble walking, so he'll sometimes take my arm, and then when we pass through the temple of Rimen, he bows, and then I'll have to bow too, because he's holding on to me, but I don't mean it. Sure. That sounds acceptable. Go in peace. Before we continue, let's talk about why he wanted dirt in the first place. (laughs) Although you may be able to guess why, Angela. To build a thingy. The thingy shrine. I, I, you're not wrong. Uh, offering burn of God's barbecue. <laughs> yes. Yes. He yes. wished to take it back to Syria, where he is from, to build an altar to the God of Israel using earth from Israel uh, so that he could sacrifice and make offerings on what he considered to be truly holy ground, which is actually pretty clever. God's barbecue. 
After Naman left in peace and health, another servant of Alicia. I practiced saying this, and now Jephthah. It's gone forever. Jehazi. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> it's gonna change. Okay, as I say it more. <laughs> Af- but remember, I said it that once. Okay. After Naaman left in peace and health, another servant of Elisha, Jehazi, walked up to Geralt and said he thought Elisha <laughs> let him off too easily. He should have accepted payment. Geralt just shrugged and went away to perform one of his many tasks. But Jehazi slinked off to go catch up with Naaman. <gasps> hey. Hey, hey, what are you doing, guy? Naman noticed Jehazi pursuing him and stepped off of his chariot to meet him. Is everything all right, he asked. Jehazi said no, everything was not all right. Alicia forgot that he did, in fact, want payment. (gasps) Uh, Two men from his company actually showed up after you, you left, and they need... Uh, two nice robes and a talon of silver each. Liar. Naman <laughs> looked confused. Alicia had made it sound as though any payment would be refused. But because he had brought so much, expecting to give that amount, but nothing had been given, he didn't mind paying this servant what he assumed Alicia was asking for. Sure. But he's being a liar. I know. We know that. The listeners know. I don't like lying. (laughs) Okay. Jehazi returned to his dwelling to hide what he had taken. (gasps) Double lie! And was then summoned. And was then summoned by Alicia. You rang? Where were you? Jehazi asked Alicia. Me? Nowhere. You went to go see Naman. Yeah, just like I was telling him about how his skin looks so youthful now. And I'm really happy that he got to meet my master. I know what you did, Jehazi. Yeah. You have lied three times over and stolen. Lie, lie, lie. Jehazi was in Big trouble. As punishment, he was struck with the same disease Naman once had, Hmm. turning his skin as white as snow. Not only that, but every one of his descendants would have leprosy. Yes, see? So much for not punishing children for their parents' transgressions. Yeah, well, that's pretty biblical. This last story was confusing me so much because I swear, like I said at the beginning, something about it was so familiar. I was like, I swear I told this before. Am I going insane? (laughs) And I did. I did tell this story before. This same generational divine punishment happens to a man named Joab for killing his brother Abner during the fight for the throne after Saul's death, which David inherits. And although both Joab and Abner were obstacles for David getting to the throne, he was absolutely disgusted by this fratricide. He cursed Joab, his whole family for generations to come, and mourned the loss of Abner, which everyone thought was really big of him because David was the coolest and everyone loved him, especially Jonathan, our little honey boy. The end. The end. <laughs> so there's still more to the story of Alicia, obviously, uh, that we will probably continue next time because uh, we had it tabled for longer than we planned. I don't like doing that to you guys. I like it to be a little bit fresher in your minds and mine. I was having to remind myself about 
what just happened (laughs) weeks ago. So I just wanted to bring it up before it was lost in time forever. (laughs) Lost in the sands of the Bible. Most of those episodes are still up, but if any of them aren't, just a reminder, we do have that nice, fancy new uh, episode-by-episode list in our Patreon, so you can find it there. (laughs) For as little as a dollar a month. (laughs) Yeah. You can access the, what's it called? Lily's just holding her beer in the air like she's making a proclamation. (laughs) The Bible-ish vault. Yeah, there you go. Take a sip. That was a great story, Lily. I earned it. That was actually multiple. Thank you. Multiples in one. It was three stories in one. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Three wows. Ugh, Garol. I love him. Garol. <laughs> Garol. He's got to do all this stuff. But, okay, so, like, I do think the difference is interesting that you were saying between Elijah and Alicia, and I do feel like it just feels like the prophets are getting tired, and they're just kind of like, oh, my God. I'm going to send this guy. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I cannot be bothered. Elijah was bothered. Yeah. He was so bothered all the time. He should. He could have afforded to delegate more, but he he actually couldn't. He didn't have a political climate mm. at the time that could host a large following around him. It would have been like having neon light arrows pointed at you yeah. uh, while someone is trying to Punch you down. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm over here. Come and get me. Oh. So now there's a God's barbecue in Syria. Yeah. Franchising left and right. <laughs> Soon there's going to be a God's barbecue in every country. On every corner. A God's barbecue. I'll have a number five. Right across from the Starbucks, undoubtedly. (laughs) Lily, thanks for telling us those stories, even. Thank you, Angela, for listening. Don't forget to pick up your 12 loaves. And thank you again to all of our listeners for joining us today. If you are a fan of the show and you would like to help keep the show going, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Bibleish podcast. All of our patrons get really fun perks and gifts for joining. Uh, No matter what level you join at, you'll get everything from a shout out on the show to a Bibleish wine goblet. Uh, (laughs) And We really appreciate it because our patrons genuinely help us keep the show on the air and running every month. So um, come on over to patreon.com slash Bibleish podcast. Join for as little as a dollar a month and be part of our Bibleish fam. Again, we are not here to mock or glorify the Bible. We are just two modern day ladies trying to wrap our heads around an ancient text. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Girl says thanks too. Bye. Thank you, girl. Bye.